0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sport Intern Special, a series of podcasts in which we hear from the newsmakers from the Olympic movement. I'm Ashish Sharma.
1: We've spent a a big amount of the first two and a half years redefining what the volleyball product is. How does a fan feel? Where do they sit? How do we watch the matches?
0: In this episode, we speak to Finn Taylor. He's the CEO of Volleyball World, which is the commercial arm of the International Volleyball Federation. Established just after the Tokyo Olympics in 2021, Finn began our conversation by outlining the key areas that Volleyball World was involved in.
1: Our job is effectively to own and manage the commercial rights of the sport at an international level, exploit those as, as much as we can, grow the sport, and we and basically our, our profits then go back into the sport through dividends straight to the FIDB. So effectively, we're able to help grow the sport of volleyball around the world by at the same time. Creating, hopefully creating new fans, hopefully creating new value with media partnerships and sponsorships.
0: Uh, how, how is it all sort of progressing from, from your side that,
1: that you've now been there for a while putting things into place? One of the challenges the sport had in, in being a sport, and particularly the an Olympic sport, was that for most of the sport in its entire existence, putting six people on one side of the court and six people on the other is the job. Done, finished. And there was not really a regard for the what is the fan experience look like? What does the viewer experience look like? How is the viewer uh, interacting with the sport? How are they appreciating the sport? And by extension, the broadcasters, the sponsors, the governments that's that fund the sport. And so we've spent a, a big amount of the first two and a half years redefining what the volleyball product is how does a fan feel? Where do they sit? How do we watch the matches? For beach volleyball, we actually now broadcast the matches in a similar way to tennis, if you like, from the end court instead of the middle of the court, which is, you know, a fundamental change. But we're very fortunate that the FIVB is very progressive. They're allowing us to experiment with a lot of these things. And so we've really really focused on that side. Now what we see happening is that the brands are getting interested. They are understanding the progress and the growth. We are seeing viewership go through the roof around the world. So, you know, we're super happy with, with where we're going. We're never satisfied, of course, but we we are very uh, encouraged to see the work that's been put in really starting to pay off. And, and the sport is growing and it's It's blossoming. Did you, when you came into this, have an idea as to
0: who you wanted to target in terms of, you know, who who those stakeholders, who those sponsors could be? I mean, was it a sort of a a scientific evaluation
1: and breakdown? I don't think we're in a position as a sport to be that targeted at this stage. Um, And sponsorship, perhaps more than any other part of the commercial side, is a very competitive very competitive business from the point of view of a sport like volleyball is a is a harder decision to make than football as an example and so we to be perfectly honest we compete not against Premier League and not against Syria but I have to convince a sponsorship guy to then go to his chief marketing officer and say instead of the second division football club down the street, which is an easy explanation and everyone understands what they're getting. I want to sponsor volleyball and it's big in Thailand and it's big in Poland and it's big in, you know, it's not an easy sell. And so a lot of our work has been focused around the product because that's what we control. Now that we've got that to a, to a, a world level, now we're able to be, we're able to represent in front of brands and, And they see the value and they see the growth and we can show the audiences. So we're still very, um, I'll say, agnostic as to who comes and wants to support the sport. Um, But um, our focus was not on particular brands or even particular industries. It was more about the sponsors that do come on. We want them to be coming on because it's a great product, because they get value out of it, because they can see a pathway to the future. And that's kind of where our focus was. You've got two, in a way, distinct sports in volleyball and beach
0: volleyball. Beach volleyball is, a, is almost a lifestyle. Which is easier to sell in terms of commercialization and, and marketability?
1: It's definitely indoor. It's a definitely it's a bigger sport, bigger TV coverage. It's just got all the best metrics. Um, you mentioned that that beach is a lifestyle and I've heard that 400 million times and I still can't figure it out to be honest um it's it's very interesting beach is a is a little bit of an enigma um it's a it's a, a fantastic sport that has tremendous potential that hasn't been tapped yet um and a lot of times um it it gets a little bit of a rough ride because it's big sister is so big and so you know we spend a lot of time um, trying to figure out how to carve a unique position in the market for beach volleyball Um, every four years at the olympics it's always center stage it always has fantastic ticket sales it's always well attended it's always well viewed um and then it suffers a dip between Olympics. It's um, you know, back to that core audience of beach volleyball fans and struggling for airtime and struggling for recognition. So we we try and invest in, in that sport, particularly in a way to let it shine on its own. Um, we try not to package as an example, because packaging it with volleyball tends to undervalue it. So we're going to distinctive brands distinctive broadcasters, specifically to create a unique niche for the sport versus just being the beach version of volleyball. And, and
0: you talk about the fan experience. Uh, I would imagine that you, you're you in conversation, if you like, with fans to see what that is. What kind of feedback are you, are you getting from fans? Where, where can you see the changes that you've
1: made and the improvements that have come along with that? Well, look, I, I would re- I would look to this year's Volleyball Nations League, which I think for us is is you know probably our premier tournament. It's it's eight weeks in the summer every year. It's the best players in the world playing for their nations, and we look at the VNL as, as our Champions League. Effectively, it's a huge international tournament. We played in fourteen different locations across the world, and this year, in pretty much every city, we were almost sold out every match. Um, you know, we and we took two pools to the US, which has always struggled for international volleyball. And we were selling out matches that didn't even contain the US team. We sold a Brazil-China match out on a Thursday morning in Dallas, which is, you know, we've never experienced that before, the sport to get fans, actually Chinese fans and Brazilian fans in Texas. Was phenomenal, and it was very encouraging for us. And then we see twelve thousand people in Philippines coming to watch the Japanese national team and the Polish national team, and we have crowds in Hong Kong that are you know overflowing and and and, and just screaming for their national teams. So what we're seeing over the last twelve to eighteen months is a huge surge in fan visits, in, in fans coming to the live events, and being able to get access to their players that maybe they don't get at a at a basketball match or a a football match or something like that. But Volleyball Nations League is very much about the fans. It's very much about it's a fan-first tournament. We're building that that event to be the most accessible of of all the tournaments. And so we see that the fans are, are interacting with that. They're getting close to their superstars. They're being able to get autographs and selfies and what have you. Uh, and it's starting to really pay off. So for us it's a good vindication. So as you plot, how far ahead do you plot and and what direction do you see yourselves going down? Right now, um, we're oversubscribed for countries that want to host the event. So we're we're in a very fortunate position. The sport is at that point where the demand is exceeding the supply. and so we have a challenge. For us to figure out which cities and countries to visit and where to put all the pieces of the puzzle, it's a great place to be. It's about us bringing the best volleyball players in the world to the fans. So it's 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 about making sure that we are fully globally present. We are able to um, allow fans that may not see the superstars of the sport every day to experience them up close. We're looking to make the event bigger. We're we're hopefully going to add. Um, Six more stops per year. We now have 14. We're looking to get up to 20 stops, which will make the event even bigger. And as we get more broadcasters coming on and more of the matches are covered, we just expect the event to get bigger and bigger and bigger. How important is this year in the build-up to Paris,
0: from your point of view, You know, looking at it from a commercialised side of it, rather than the sporting event itself and, and the Olympic qualifiers?
1: The Olympics gives the sport context and gives a unique context in terms of what are the athletes fighting for, what are their motivations, why should I care? And and for us, we build a lot of narratives around that road to Paris and, and giving the fans a context of why this sport matters and why you should care about Team A versus Team B. And and I think that, you know, for us, it could be a very easy path to go. No, we're the professional beach tour if we look at volleyball beach volleyball. this is their professional beach tour and we have nothing to do with the Olympics but that's kind of missing the whole point because uh, a lot of these athletes have a dream to be at the Olympics and to represent their country and and it it would be diminishing of of us to to ignore that where in the opposite, I think we're able to leverage off it and be able to build storylines and narratives of these these you know highly highly dedicated athletes. Pursuing their dream, and at the same time visiting twenty twenty three countries around the world, showing the fans how good they are, and being able to p- put on a good show.
0: You you must kind of relish that a little bit and say, well, we can really build on the back of that. Do, do you already plan and, and envisage how that could look post twenty
1: twenty four? So that's a great great point. So the the, the disappointing stat about beach volleyball is that. It's been going in the Olympics, it's Atlanta in 96. And there is not one professional beach volleyball tournament in any Olympic city. There is zero legacy. And this is the challenge, right? Now, last year we started an event in Paris that actually happens at Roland Garros. We have a fantastic partner in in Paris who runs the event and, and puts on a great event each year at Roland Garros with the specific purpose of having an event in Paris after the Olympics because for us it is a really massive opportunity to to build up this impact and effort within a city and be able to carry that on because you know the number of people that have said to me oh horse cards parade was so amazing what a fantastic location there has never been a professional beach volleyball tournament in London since 2012 and so it's a massive waste of opportunity and Fans enjoyed it. They had a great time. And how can we not think that they want to see the athletes again and and have another day in the sun? And so this is something we're very focused on is building that legacy coming out of the Olympics to, to, you know, really cement beach volleyball as a sport that Parisians and, and French people will want to go to, enjoy, understand what they're going to see and know that it's good value. And I think that's really important as we as we continue to move through Olympic cycles. And we're lucky that we essentially establish the calendar um, from an event perspective. The FIVB builds a governance calendar and puts the windows of the major events. But basically, then we run with it and look at look for hosts and look for event uh, event partners. Um, so the, the FIBB would ha- would not necessarily have a viewpoint on having an event in Paris or not. Essentially, my job is to say, is there value in having an event in Paris? And if there is, then we go for it. You've got Paris. And
0: then, of course, as it was very iconic, LA-28, you know, so the home, certainly, of beach volleyball. And- I, you- I
1: shouldn't say that to the Brazilians, but yes, <laughs> maybe the spiritual home, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's always been that issue between where it really originated from. But certainly, I mean, it was interesting reading that Santa Monica Pier is going to be, you know, sort of staging it. How exciting is that for you? Because you've really got a few years now to look ahead to that. And, and so what kind of plan are you looking at for the next four or five years in developing both sets of this
1: sport? It it's it really is it's fantastic to be in Southern California and to be able to really put on a showcase for for beach volleyball. Santa Monica is an iconic location, the pier and uh, the pier and the and the the boardwalk there are, are an amazing place for for beach volleyball. I think it's going to be a phenomenal event. Um, for us, it's already started. We're working with the um, with college level beach volleyball events to be able to start you know helping support the next generation come through. Um, very invested in in the market uh, for both volleyball and beach, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, it's super excited to be going to Santa Monica, and then as an Australian, Brisbane afterwards is even more exciting. So. <laughs>
0: Those with the thoughts there of Finn Taylor, CEO of Volleyball World. Don't forget you can stay up to date with all the latest from the world of sport by subscribing to the Sport Inter newsletter, produced every day Monday to Friday. So, until next time, stay safe.